0: Rick Madison, Rick and friends, and we have with us uh, the one who got the top votes in our most recent election, municipal election, Mr. Ron Cannon, welcome to the big show.
1: Thank you very much, Rick, for this opportunity and just overwhelmed and full of gratitude and for the amazing support from the citizens of Kelowna and humbled and honored to serve. So what's what's present
0: state of mind? It, I mean, it's been a whirlwind few days I mean, you're getting lots of congratulatory messages. Like, what's your present state of mind today?
1: Well, yeah, after going through the surreal experience and, you know, obviously very excited, and Sunday morning to church, and then we went and picked up signs. That's hit the ground <laughs> running, right? Got to pick up the signs, clean up the city, and that's a whole other issue. We have to talk about the, the sign and pollution oh, and all that, we can yeah. get into that one day. And then, um, yeah, just uh, basically meeting with um, some of the councillors. I know all of them, basically. Rick Weber, I don't really know too well. I've uh, been interviewed on Global News with him before. However, on a personal basis, I haven't had a couple of conversations briefly. And Gord Lovegrove is a new uh, councillor as well. Go back to when I was on city council from 96 to 2005. Gord was one of the transportation staff, so I worked with him and I've known him for many years in the community. And of course, the five incumbents, I've known them for, for several years, so excited about the opportunity to work together. And then our new mayor Tom Dias, has been away uh, in in Ontario visiting his father, who turned 102 yesterday. So,
0: geez, longevity runs yeah, in the family. I think
1: his mom's 99, so he could have be around for a while as a mayor <laughs> if he does a good job. We'll hopefully help him out however we can. So,
0: so what <clears throat> what does it mean to you? Because I mean, you had a there was rumblings last election cycle that you would run, but you never did. And now you chose this time. Was there a reason behind this? The timing of you running?
1: Yeah. So I was, um, you know, 2018, looking at uh, considering running for council, and I was under contract with the Terry Savings Credit Union as their business relationship manager, and had a really good run with them for five and a half years. I do have a contract, but it's on a different contractual basis now. So they were okay for allowing me to to run at this time, in the sense that I'm. In a different position, different situation, and the timing worked really well. Plus, the biggest reason is my wife gave me permission. <laughs> <laughs> that is the key, though. That is. Y-
0: you do have to have her on side.
1: Happy wife, happy life. And it's almost, you know, we've been married over 38 years, been been Cindy for over 40, and it's a team. Well, you're doing something right. Yeah. So seriously, the fact is that, um, you know, we have uh, three adult daughters and four grandchildren that live in Kelowna here now, our Grandchildren aged from six, almost up to 16, and big part of the community, and love spending time with them. And Since I was uh, democratically retired in 2015, almost uh, seven years to the date, it was October 19th, I was just reflecting on 2015, so I've had an opportunity to, uh, you know, look at life in a different perspective, and uh, more of a home-life balance, and it was pretty crazy for almost 10 years, traveling with uh, as a member of parliament and. Being away so much from, from my wife and family, so it's been a, a great seven years to l- reflect upon and still be involved in the community. I served about five and a half years in the Kelowna Chamber. I was chair, co-chair of the, the policy committee in different capacities, uh, in, involved throughout uh, our community. So now decided to, uh, as my wife said, you can sit on the sidelines or get back in the game. So she said, get back in the game. So,
0: so as as an MP versus a city councillor. Which which area do you think you'll have the greater impact?
1: Well, as they say, city council is the closest to the people. You're here locally, and I know that every level of government is important. But rea- reality is that um, I liked being a city councilor in the sense that you can have some immediate results for people and for local issues. Obviously, I, I still you know contact our MLAs or. Our MPs. If there's any federal issue, I was referred today on an uh, immigration matter, so I work closely with all three offices and have the contact, So it really helps. But and understanding the different roles and responsibilities. But really, with the other thing with local government is we are not party politics and mm-hmm. partisan politics is um, somewhat frustrating at times because of a another political party has a good idea and you want to embrace it. Well, it's very difficult if you want to stay in caucus.
0: <laughs> it really is, though. Yeah. You have to follow the party lines.
1: Yeah, and, you know, occasionally I I was, you know, I want to represent the constituents. That's what you want to do. And I did that and uh, received a call from the chief of staff and the prime minister's office just reminding me of... Uh, <laughs> of your role. <laughs> pleasantly yeah, yeah, of, of
0: your course. colors. Yes, yes, right. But what's interesting to me is it seems like this um, this election was all about determining some some change, because there were some incumbents that were um, left democratically. How did you word that? Democratically retired. Retired. And I do think that with your background, and I think a lot of the electorate thought, okay, Ron Cannon knows how to, he knows the federal level. He probably knows the provincial level. And do you think, other than the fact you're a really nice guy, do you think it was that that history that legacy that they thought okay we need someone who's got those connections in ottawa to help us move things along
1: well i think it was a combination yeah definitely the have been in clone over 32 years and the business relationships and as i said mentioning with my contacts with with the chamber and other community organizations with rotary for seven years and but i did also serve as a on the land title survey authority of BC board for three years. So I do have an understanding of the provincial level. So it is a combination I think, but, but experience is something that I think is very important. But each of us, if you look around any board, you wanna have a good diversity on the board. And as a graduate institute of corporate directors school back in 2016, I went back to the University of Ottawa through the Rotman School of Management. And I sit as a director of some publicly and private companies. And look at um, sort of the matrix, the skill matrix that looks around the table. And I think we have a, a broad perspective. Uh, some people would say maybe disappoint we didn't have a few more ladies around the table. And that uh, always uh, having three daughters, I'm reminded of the importance of of, of women in, in, in life in general. And the fact that seriously around the boardroom table, it is encouraging to have a difference of opinion. And it comes from all walks of life.
0: It does, and and do you think this uh, this council is going to move? And and I think we should back up a little bit. Can you kind of give an overview of council's role in regards to city staff and the and the official official community plan? Like, just kind of lay it out a little bit, as brief as you can be, but uh, just as far as the governance role that council has.
1: A great question, Rick, because the reality of. City council is similar to like a board of directors. We are this managing the city's strategic plan, so which would be the official community plan. Our number one role is to hire a good CEO, have a good CAO or CEO of the organization, and then ensure that the plan that going forward is the desires and wishes of this uh, council reflecting the needs and what we've heard from the citizens of Kelowna. So there might be some tweaking of the Fisher Community plan, you know, overall, it's a, it's a guiding document and it provides lots of good uh, direction for this council as the previous council. remember we have five of the uh, previous councillors coming to the back to the the table. So that was, you know, they masters at document, but overall the citizens had a lot of input. And the big big thing I think with regard to the official community plan and and councils to, to adhering to it and you know not deviating so much there can be exceptions however it's it's more or less their strategic strategic plan so mayor and council has a good CEO gives direction to the CEO who implements the plan and reality is that um, there's a good saying it's um, uh, noses and fingers out. And what happens on the boardroom table, right? You can, don't get into the day-to-day operations of the city because that's uh, each manager's department. If you have here something. So there's a proper process of, you can, you know, you can imagine any organization is over a thousand employees. And if, if a counselor is running around and talking to all the staff and getting in, getting in the way, I learned that back in 96 when I first got elected. I mean, <laughs> people are coming to me and all this. And so I was just reminded that uh, it's better to flow the information through the management team. And, you know, it doesn't mean you can't talk to, to the staff and hear things. However, there has to be some process and, and, and that's in any level of government as well. And any boardroom table for that matter.
2: Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare. Just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Noam Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry.
0: I heard I heard this term a lot, which was change. We want a lot of change. And people were voting for that. And from your perspective, your incoming councillor, you have this massive mandate, which is to... You know, there's obviously some, some issues that Kelowna is facing because of the growing pains and that kind of thing. But, like, I mean... The first thing is building consensus and and really working with city staff. Like it, there's not a a ton that one councillor can do, is there? Or or am I wrong in that?
1: No, absolutely. It's a, it's a team effort. The fact that I mean, you you're a sports guy, and you know, it's no different than you know. I I played hockey up to juniors, and I was a goalie, right? So you gonna have a, if you have a good goalie or a weak goalie, that can can affect things. But however, if you have really good offensive team and can score more goals than your goaltender lets in well that's great too but all, overall you want to have a balanced team and that's what we we need to to work together doesn't mean you're not going to have disagreements we can have adult conversations around the table and and agree to disagree on things and I think that you know as as Mayor Dias Tom's going to be our new captain and around the table we all have to come together and and that was one of the counselors I met with today the fact is that we hope to have a bit of team building and exercise just a couple hours sitting around discussing some of what our desires our wishes what we've heard from, from constituents on the doorstep and coming to some consensus as we move forward get some some wins along the way and then as as we um, use that uh, to build on the platform because there are some major major issues that um, are going to take some time and as talked to before it's it's only in in be accomplished within cooperation of other levels of government. Ultimately there's only one taxpayer. So we need to look at maybe a maiden Kelowna solution for some of these issues. However, uh, any provincial or federal funding we can receive, that'd be a bonus. Just make a couple of calls, Ron. I Come did, on, yeah.
0: make a couple of calls. <laughs> like, the, the one thing that I'm kind of curious about is because you've served on council before, is there one or two meetings, council meetings, and you really start to determine, you know, who, what, what things are important around the table to the different counselors? Like, I mean, they all have somewhat of a, a different part of society that they're representing, and as issues come forward, you start to sense—well, I, I think you do—of how someone is going to vote. Like you, you basically see a breakout. Is it two meetings, one meeting? Like how does that work? Because you've served on council before.
1: Yeah, I was ninety-six to two thousand and five, so it's been a while since you know I'm seventeen years in that respect of sitting around as a team, and every everyone's as you know, I think the word you're looking for about how do we gel together, right? And who has different different perspectives. I think it'll be, and what I like about council, I believe is it's not any specific issue because on transportation, for example, Gord uh, Lovegrove has a, a desire to see this rubber uh, transit, multi-transit to come down Highway 97 of some sort corridor. And something that we have to look at Personally, I've uh, engaged with a a train engineer from Chicago that was here and looked at uh, from one water street to the airport. It's about 14.1 kilometers, and I envision having a a true rail trail network. We could go from... You know, every half hour back and forth to the airport, have a couple of stops along the way, maybe one at McCurdy where people are coming from Lake Country or Rutland could do a park and ride and build in a, a town centre sort of there like in Burnaby has and then another stop at the university, one at the airport and possibly on the way back, uh, depends what happens with around the Apple Bowl area. There's lots of talk about the Parkinson Rec Centre. There's there's so many different issues, but I think something like a transportation corridor like that, planning, planning that, Seed now is important because the north end, which is forty plus acres, of with the Tolkal site and and Mission Group have four acres. So, so it's probably some of the most pristine and desired undeveloped land in, mm-hmm. if not Canada, all North America waterfront. It's just beautiful.
0: What an opportunity! Now, with with that kind of investment, like let's let's go say that we're moving forward with some sort of transportation corridor. How much? would it be there's a disruptive technology like i mean do you have your eye on the ball or the horizon where uber or perhaps uh self-driving cars become a reality and that that can effectively usurp any kind of push towards a rail trail or or any kind of build is that i mean that's kind of the the balance that you have to strike as counselors is try and determine Is this infrastructure going to be timely? Is this gonna be building amenities and help move people around? But then you have this technology, which fundamentally could turn everything on its head.
1: absolutely, technology has solved lots of problems and sometimes creates others along the way. However, with transportation, absolutely and with with this uh, rail corridor for, it's actually autonomous in the sense that there the trains now you can have somebody on there but they're it's all computerized and it's it's, it's incredible what you can can has been done in other communities uh, throughout north america and around the world and as our it's a critical mass but the economies of scale are there and one one of the reasons why it's so timely is with the provincial government announcing six hundred thousand dollars for the planning of the of the Clement corridor, whatever the city decides to do with it, it's they have to match funds of about six hundred thousand, so over a million dollars investment. And I'm not sure if that's to design a road right now that isn't even in the capital plan for almost ten years. So maybe you look at alternatives such as you know incorporating one uh, talking to one bus driver. You could do a hard surface and just use use that as a dedicated bus line for the time being, for example, and still have the rail, uh, the, the cycling corridor. I'm going to have a cyclist and having that open as well and safety. I've cycled down in Seattle area. They have rail line with the trail with the bike trail right beside it. So it could be done safely. It has been done in other communities. And you look at that innovation, innovative technology as well to help us solve our our way. So not necessarily putting millions and millions of dollars more to tr- into asphalt, but, but into technology.
0: So 600 grand is from, and I don't know construction, but 600 grand is helpful, but not necessarily, it, it's kind of drop in the bucket for that kind of
1: That's just for the planning. That's about a million dollars cause it's matching funds. So they're looking at uh, from a, a planning perspective and that, that is all kinds of, of, of corridors we have to look at. Not only there, we look at um, the north-south transportation corridors. And, of course, we've heard from, actually, I talked to a staff member from Ministry of Transportation earlier today, and, you know, I've coming across the bridge at Abbott Street. Do we, you know, how can we move traffic flow through there? The city owns that little sixplex building there, and maybe someday it'll be knocked down and we can clean up that corner and, a pedestrian overpass there's all kinds of ideas and we have to collectively around the table look at that with community input and see what we can do and what's feasible with with uh, limited funding we have as well
2: each diamond is uniquely different it is special and beautiful because of its rarity that is the power and magic of a diamond a new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment herrera fine jewelry the name in Latin means rare and exceptional, much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare. Just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry, featuring Takuri, Gnome Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry.
0: So Ron Cannon has this great idea and, and you, you affect, like you want to bring this forward. So how does that come into being? So people listening to this podcast, and thank you for listening, um, are thinking to themselves, well, I, I have a great idea, and I want to bring it to council, or you have a great idea. How does that get traction? How does that get momentum if, and say it's a second crossing or a host of all the other ideas that came out during the election time? But if you have that great idea... How does that grow wings and fly? Like, how does that get anywhere with City Hall?
1: So I had this in my platform. So I was part of my, my campaign commitment, working with, with my colleagues around the table and just basically, hey, this is what we're, we're looking at. And then building up a business case often is a situation and getting professionals on side of, you know, talked with engineers and others that, okay, look at, so it's preliminary and you, you build it, whether it's, a, Looking at Parkinson Rec Center, for example, the city has a plan to rebuild the facility. It's they want to borrow close to 155 million for 170 million, approximately. So there's what I've heard. People on the doorstep. Maybe it's better that we look at, you know, a smaller facility there and having one in Rutland, adding on maybe to Rutland a couple sheets of ice there and in Glenmore, long overdue for the fact that there's no recreation buildings there out there and the, and that's a fast growing area by the university, McKinley and all that. So so we have to, have to look at that on a macro perspective and as well as I would say, you know, mission, we have mission sports fields and how does that all play, come into play, seniors, facilities, people of, for families. We, we are a very, you know, growing community and we want to ensure that there's facilities for people of all ages.
0: So it sounds to me like you're you're really wrestling with the fact that you're trying to because you're not we're not a ward system you're city of Kelowna so you're trying to keep. Uh, unity and a balance across the city with an investment of that nature because i mean that's that's big jack like that's 160 or what what have you and so you're basically talking about well maybe we sprinkle it to to rutland to mission to glenmore and, and really try and build some equity across the city is that kind of your your idea or thought process
1: Exactly, and you know, a board system might be something down the road we talk about too as far as um, speaking with the provincial ministry would go to a public referendum some sort down the road. And with regard to Parkinson Rec Center, if that is a direction of the majority of council, I would support a referendum on that because it would be the largest capital project the city would be boring on I think in our history. However, there's lots of road to, to travel yet before we get there. Uh, other issues that are really top of mind and we heard on the doorsteps is the issue of crime, you know, enacting things like our citizens patrol and trying to bring bring back the eyes and ears to the streets, the complex care housing facility. I've spoken with a couple of different service organizers and organizations in Kelowna and they're not sure, they haven't heard who's going to be operating it, where it's going to be. So there, those kind of questions. But those are priorities in my mind for dealing with the mental health and, and homelessness and and crime are all inter- interrelated in different different areas. That's another, you know, peel away the layers of the onion, very complex. And that's why it's called a complex care facility for that reason. <laughs> so,
0: Well, it's it seemed like that was the election. That was where people really wanted to know that there was going to be some sort of extra eyes, urgency placed on homelessness, safety. And because the city of Kelowna, again, seems to be, growing with its homeless population rail trail would be one of those it just seems like the tents keep popping up and popping up but with emergency shelters coming into play as the weather gets colder overnight will the the homeless kind of be shuttered away at least for the winter because i mean out of sight out of mind for a lot of constituents i would think
1: well twofold Items there the fact that the rail trail is something I've been passionate about. I want to get the connection through Okanagan Indian Band land. That's something I've been working on with a, a developer and and, and a, a family that owned 40 acres in Okanagan Indian Band land, just north of Commonwealth Road. So I think that the city has an, well they did announce a mem- Memorandum of Understanding or M O U last November. I want to get an update on that. What's holding that up? Mm-hmm. So. With that and it also comes an opportunity to work for some sort of partnership for i think more permanent facilities or or something outside of a tent for people that are homeless and i know i toured the the 60 bed shelter that, uh, that just opened up uh, down t- uh, on the old fruit packing warehouse that the mission is operating but maybe some smaller ones and we distribute them throughout the region. So that's the other thing I'm I'm looking at is how, how are we doing our master planning on a regional basis? Because what if, you know, I was, for example, city of Kelowna is single-family development has been sort of pushed out to West Kelowna and Lake Country, so they drive into Kelowna, use our roads and services, no penny taxes. Well, that's not really smart growth either, so how can we plan for the whole region? Because you don't want to just pit one against the other, so it's peach land to to Lake Country, and that comes in the regional district board, something I'm very interested to reviewing and seeing seeing an overhaul of that, and also we're looking at doing a value-for-money audit for the city of Kelowna. Uh, Mayor ba- um, Bazran had talked about the, doing that before and and uh, now Tom Dice has campaigned on that as well. We'll be
0: back in a, in a minute with uh, one of the most popular vote-getters from this last municipal election, Ron Cannon.
2: Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare. Just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Nome Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry.
0: Back with uh, Mr. Ron Cannon and... Uh... Yeah, I, I love what you're talking about with the rail trail. I mean, that thing has been broken forever. It's kind of frustrating you get out to, and, and I've, you know, I've rollerbladed on it. Um, I've biked on it. You know, we've we've had a lot of fun as a family on it. Haven't been on there lately, but. Um, it would be great if that one got punched through. I mean, Gary Norcom from Psychopath is passionate about that. took the words that. right out of my mouth. i like just thinking <laughs> yeah. Gary, right?
1: Because he's, every time I see him, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Gary, you're listening. Dog with Worth a bone. Them, yeah. <laughs> Dog with a bone,
0: that yeah. one. So um, with with your land use, and, and I want to get back to the audit too, but with your land use background, um, it came up a few times during the election cycle, but agricultural land reserve and you know with basically with a official community plan that maybe doesn't have enough single family lots it comes to light again well listen we have all this you know non-farming land that's still in the ALR have you had much experience or had much luck with say trading this land for this land in other words the land total will stay the same but we're just repurposing, rezoning this land. Has has that ever been a reality? <laughs> because ALR is one of these overarching, no, nothing happens with ALR.
1: I don't know if a lot of people realize, about 50% of the land in Kelowna is zoned agriculture. About 40% falls within the agricultural land reserve. So the city just recently had some land removed from the reserve over by the university for the future transit yard. So they're bursting at the seams and that's something else we want to invest in as part of our transit transportation solution is in in our transit system. So what happens with the land reserve, it is very, very um, difficult to get land removed by individuals. I actually met with Jerry Zimmerman yesterday. He's the vice chair of the Land Commission and and said it's throughout the province it's it's almost impossible even 30% slope sometimes. And So, and I don't, I mean, I think... The agricultural land is great. There's there's opportunities to use it in innovative ways. I mean, the 10% that's not in the uh, ALR, but still part of agriculture, we could still develop on that in different ways and innovative ways. And I think that'll come forward in the next few years. But I, what COVID, I believe, taught the world and especially in north america is food sustainability and security and in the, the, the supply chain breakdown and you know so one of the things look at innovative ideas to work with I'd like to see a we could have a, a permanent farmers market and support our local growers and have a, like a co-op because instead of trucking all the produce and fruits and vegetables and every everything from vancouver or even the states then you know that's GHG emissions—it's—it's it's a climate change initiative as well. But it also we could have a guaranteed of so many, uh, the quantity of uh, of eggs that we're going to be supplied, and there's so many chickens, and each go down. The, the, it's almost like a supply management, which some people don't like. However, looking at from a from from a food security perspective, I think there's there's some good opportunity to have a food co-op and and have a have a conversation about Any on our community.
0: It's interesting because uh, you're probably aware of Helen's Acres, absolutely, and, yeah. and just what a, a bounty that is provided for the food bank and a number of other uh, people across the Okanagan because it's it's centralized. I mean, it, it's a lot of land that's actually very central, and I think you know when I think of the agricultural land reserve, mm-hmm. I think of the food security that, as as you mentioned, was you know the awareness was raised through COVID, but. I, I just got to think that there's some land around Springfield that I know the Bennett zone and, and my gosh, that that piece of land is, I mean, it's going to be developed. It, it has to be, but I think there has to be creative, innovative solutions to get that out of the LR so that it doesn't, on paper, we're not taking anything away.
1: Yeah, so for your listeners and are familiar, Helen's Acres on Ben Volen Road was donated by Mr. Ziegler, the Ziegler family. I I'd known him for several years ago, and he, he before he passed away, he worked uh, his estate into donating this, some of the land through Trinity manages Helen Acres. On the other side is um, through Luke Stack and Society Hope. Luke is retired from Society Hope, but he was a legacy. Without a foundation and then organizations for providing affordable uh, housing. And that's um, when I was a member of parliament, we donated some money for one of their units and there's a bowling alley in the senior center. Mr. Ziegler is, so it's not too many senior centers that have that, but it's just the affordability, the practicality, and the accessibility and maintaining that land for the highest and best use for community goods. That doesn't necessarily mean... Building buildings on it, it can it can be for agriculture if it's the highest and best use. So definitely there is some some property. I have talked to some folks even up by McCurdy. There's some some agricultural land there that because of the to the geographic center of Kelowna is basically 97 and 33. The old Costco site right around. If you look on a map, so just north of there is it's another growing area. And That's why I think the rail line that I was talking about. It comes; it sort of all fits together, mm-hmm. and that's what we have to look at, a bigger vision for the long term. We have, we have problems that we're dealing with today, but also we have to look into the future and for our children and grandchildren.
0: That's got to be the toughest part for a is fundamentally, and this is something Ramatusi told me, is every now and then you're faced with a decision where they're both not exactly great, but the one's less evil. <laughs> And he said, uh, for him, uh, he often talked about the uh, the Paris city planner who said, no, no, we have to build these architectural wonders. And the city ran him out. They fired him because they said he was crazy. And, it was, and he built one of the most beautiful cities on the planet. So it's interesting. Counselors have to build and think about the horizon so far ahead. Um, and a lot of times the residents are not with you. <laughs> Like they're not, they're not thinking five, 10 years. They're thinking now because this changes my life now. Is that going to be, uh, I mean, you've, you've been through council, you've been a member of parliament. Has that ever kept you awake at night going, man, this decision, it, it's not like either one of these is not awesome.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know many times i walked home at one o'clock in the morning in Ottawa, I think of oh, this is what's, what's happening. And, and prior to that, when I was city council, we'd be, debating an issue till one or two in the morning and you, you know that either way somebody's going to be upset I and mean, you're trying to do what's the best you believe for the community and yeah there are some very difficult situations and just nobody's always there's as i said there's no perfect politician and not always a perfect answer what part of politics do you like i love connecting people i'm uh, I have my own consulting company and it says connecting the dots with integrity. So I I really enjoy helping people achieve their dreams and goals when especially some individual has an idea and try to get them connected so they can then move it forward and seeing other people succeed. It always uh, makes my heart happy.
0: And what part do you dislike?
1: I like... You use the word unity. I'm a consensus builder, like building team, and I don't like disagreements. I try to be uh, more on the, the peacemaker side. I'm, you know, some people are into to disagreements and debating. I'm not a great debater in the sense. I'd rather try to bring consensus to the table. Except when I was playing goal, people get in my crease, and as a hockey player, <laughs> get out of my <laughs> crease, right? <laughs> but seriously, yeah, it's it's um, that's the component of that really is, is challenging in the sense that, you know, there's no perfect solution sometimes and and it's no different in, I look at any relationship, whether it's your best friend or your your children or your, your spouse, you know, it, nobody likes conflict. Mm-hmm. So I try to resolve that the best possible. And, and uh, obviously we have an adult conversation, hopefully resolve that.
0: So what's different about the the previous Run Cannon uh, counselor, and the current iteration of ron cannon counselor like what what changed with you between those two terms
1: it's an interesting question because my wife and i were reflecting last last night coming home from dinner from some friends and i said i gotta i gotta do over you know the fact is it's been here over 30 years and, and i think that's comes through experience i have i understand the process much differently i remember. We had uh, Andy Dahl and some other young, enthusiastic Tom McCauley, others, uh, Rick Brar, that are aspirational, and they come great energy, and enthusiasm, and hopefully they'll run again because we need that for the future. And, and knowing the, the na- naivety of back when I said when I first started in 96 to what I know now and understand, so I'm hoping to, to try to bring some of that uh, experience and maturity to the table and, and help, uh, like I said, Tom is – is a a team captain but we each all have one vote so we have to work on a consensus and try to get some some wins out of the gate and build our community uh safer and stronger and better for
2: all each diamond is uniquely different it is special and beautiful because of its rarity that is the power and magic of a diamond a new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment herrera fine jewelry The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare. Just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Noam Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry.
0: Speaking of the election, there was 32 counselors that ran. Um, It it seems like it's getting more and more onerous to, to discover candidates' platforms, learn more about them, and really make an educated choice. I don't know if there's an answer to that um, because, you know, we're a free country and you can, we can have a hundred on, mm-hmm. on the ballot. It doesn't matter. But is, do you find it as you move through the community, was that a, a really big impediment for a lot of people it Was just trying to learn because there's so much to learn about 32 people.
1: Yeah. I've I heard Vancouver had like over hundred names on the ballot or something with school trustees and everybody else. So it was very difficult and absolutely heard that time and time again, though how do I figure out 32 people I had one gentleman that was do- door knocking so I lived here five years and I gave him some I just don't know who to vote for I don't have time so it's like so that's part of the I think only 30% showed up because yeah. there's which is another whole issue topic of trying to get more engaged voter engagement so I believe that we'll have the discussion about wards and maybe whether it's a hybrid ward if you have four at large and four wards to help people be able to Narrow it down For the future We're You know Some cities are Much bigger And I come from Alberta Originally Been here over Like I mentioned Over 32 years But Edmonton Or larger cities Have wards Vancouver does not Actually in in BC The only ward system It's a hybrid Is in Lake Country And -hmm. it was 1995 When they incorporated And they had another Referendum in 99 And confirmed That the the way It's moving forward Seems to work well For them So we would have to In speaking with Ministry of Municipal affairs. We'd have to have some sort of public consultation or probably a referendum. So, but I think that'll be debated the next four years before the next election for sure.
0: Would you be a a supporter, advocate for ward system?
1: Yeah, like I said, I think there's definitely some pros and there's some some cons. And understanding that, you know, what if it's a full ward system or is it hybrid? You know, that I think that would be interesting discussion in our community and be open to hear from our uh, residents to see what what they think and ultimately we're uh, representing the, the voices of the community. So what is the consensus of the, con- if we can find a consensus and we'll move forward in that direction.
0: One of the, one of the cons I heard about uh, actually through the show was um, how ward systems can sometimes create an environment for backroom deals. So if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. And then all of a sudden there's a lot of things that don't hit the the public domain and, Again, I don't know enough about the yeah. ward system to really make a determination, but it seems like that would be obviously a slippery slope.
1: It would be another another show it could have on on, <laughs> on seriously on yeah. the on the whole wards because there is that that's one of the downsides. The plus side is for the the, the, the residents have a better idea who to contact. The, another downside: if you have a strong ward representative, they might dominate and get more of the projects moving forward. However, that's why sort of you have a hybrid. If there's four looking after the whole city and four for the wards, that might be another compromise as well. So,
0: so it sounds like we'll, we'll just wait. Yeah. We won't do that right away. Um, back to your thoughts on the low voter turnout. I, I mean, it was sad. From from a, somebody who, you know, I, it was impressed upon me as a young boy by my father, who was in municipal politics, you always vote and you always go to Remembrance Day Services. That's <laughs> those were his two. You do not miss any one of those. What are your thoughts? Was it just the the overload of information, or was it just uh, I, I guess municipal elections always get that twenty five to thirty five? I guess.
1: Well, you're right. As far as you know, men and women sacrifice their life and limb for our freedom, democracy, human rights, and rule of law. So why do people not take that upon their initiative to to take fifteen minutes, half an hour of their day to to go and vote. That is uh, something that uh, we'll continue to ask and how we can get people more engaged. But part of it is um, the fact that is, yeah, apathy. And when I was knocking on doors and talking to residents, there was a lot of frustration, but I said to some of the candidates, I'm not sure if that frustration will cause a cause and effect for uh, action or apathy And it was more apathy Because we had 33% I believe in 2018 It was about 30% this time So it is um, Something of, con- of concern Because if people are You know this is One of the nicest cities In the world to live in And we want to continue To make it even better for all And if people Are happy with that Maybe that's a sign That they're They're content Just continue on let let the people run the place. Just, just let the ball roll. Yeah.
0: Well, Walter Gray said something one time, which was in, in the election he lost, he said he, uh, he had it screwed up where he would ask people, who would you vote for? And overwhelmingly at the time, it was Mayor Walter Gray. He was an incumbent. And uh, he says, but the first question I should have asked was, will you vote? Because <laughs> he said, yeah. I had a ton of support from people that <clears throat> never got to the, the ballot. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually cost him that election because he didn't he didn't actually have an initiative to get people to the polls, and that was the problem.
1: There's lots of elections that have been won and lost by people that didn't vote. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. You, know, you look at the West Side referendum. It was so many people thought it was a foregone conclusion that West Kelowna was going to join Kelowna, and then 51-49, they became self-incorporated because so, people didn't show up. I was
0: going to kick out of that, which was uh, a lot of the, the people saying, we want to be independent, we want to have our own municipality, we we'll want to do everything our way. Oh, yeah? What are you going to call yourselves? West Kelowna. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to kick out of that. Yeah. Um, so is there – for people that have voted you in overwhelmingly, is there anything they don't know about you that you're going to bring to to this new job? Is there is there any kind of uh, – idea or thought or narrative that you're going to bring to this position?
1: No, I'm just excited to be part of this team. I think it'll be a, it's a tone of the top and Tom will, I think, bring a different perspective and we're looking at, um, bring some fresh ideas. There's some old, some new, some borrowed, some blue. Okay? And we're looking at the fact that we can, I, I believe, take that information and, and, and Work with we have some excellent city staff. Uh, there's always a, in the organization room for improvement, and I'm keen upon, as I said, the regional district as well. Personally, I think yeah, as far as the city, I want to shine a light on the city, and as I campaign, I want to bring hope to the for people that are living in a world of with hopelessness. And uh, what I heard from a developer, was there was an event at the Laurel Building, and they said that there was a group of developers, realtors, and guest speaker was saying how many people are living in as single high-rises here in Kelowna. They're living a lonely life. Mm-hmm. So we want to bring a sense of community, a build a better, better sense of community with more hope and aspirations and, and joy because we have so much to be hopeful for, and but we also have realizing going into economic uh, downfall here whether you want to use that r word recession or not there's it's being used in throughout north america so that'll be come budget time respecting the fact there's a lot of people that are just getting by or can't even afford to live in Kelowna. so how do we look at the affordability issue and you know trying to build uh, new expensive infrastructure projects while we have to maintain the you know the basic necessities of, of a a functioning municipality. It's kind of like if you have got a hole in in the roof of your house, you can't necessarily hop on a plane and go to Mexico to Hawaii. You can, but you have to look at your priorities if you want to be responsible. So,
0: so it sounds to me like, um, the towers may be obviously they came up a lot during the election cycle as well. Would you be more or less, uh, not excited about more towers
1: I look at each application because I don't know the, as far as the, the city has approved, I believe over 500 floors already. Mm-hmm. A lot. You know, yep. and where does that, how does that fit into the, the macro plan? And there are applications in the process and uh, one right across from the UBCO right now that was supposed to get approved at the last, last meeting and got bumped. So. I think, you know, in reality, if it fits the form and character of our official committee plan right now, I mean, we probably have to move forward in a responsible manner. New projects, we need to send a clear message because developers want certainty and clarity, whatever it is. So just, and that's why I think council has a responsibility to provide. If we're going to say we're not going to go any higher than this height, then that's where we're going. There is provisions in the official committee plan that I believe staff was, was directing council more than council directing staff in the last little while with uh, they have a provision where if you want to go a certain height, you can pay, pay to play in other words, mm-hmm. which might benefit citizens as well. We'll see how, how if a project comes forward, what does the community benefit? I mean, there are so many developments that came forward that gave height variances and there was no upside for the city so why would we do it other than we have more density without the, uh, the infrastructure that's going to handle it? So I think that's, we have to be I'm not against growth and not against development, but I think we have to do it smarter.
0: There was a comment, well, not comment, but David Abby, who's potentially our next uh, provincial leader. Um, he was talking about the speeding up the process on the municipal level for building and permits and that mm-hmm. kind of thing did you take umbrage with uh the thought that the the cities were actually slowing this down or
1: no i talked to some city city staff and i know mayor Bazran alluded to that as far as clona was kind of a model in, in many ways the issue of ways to improve for example there's you know development permit there's nine elected officials that sit around and look at the form and character uh, i'm not an expert on you know this building designs etc so the Some municipalities have an advisory uh, board that is comprised of architects, landscape architects, individuals that have some expertise that can provide some design guidelines for council, It's something we might be able to uh, provide for better. Maybe it doesn't necessarily speed it up, but one way is if, if the development fits within the official community plan, which I know that staff were, were looking at doing that, trying to move it through. It's, it's always a balance because we we want to hear from our, our citizens as well because the, the official community plan, there's not one size fits all. There's projects that come along, and just because it's a zone for that in that area might not fit that specific lot. And I think we have to just use some common sense and not just go by, by the book as per se.
0: Listen, I could talk to you all day, but we got to shut this thing down. This has been fun. Um, I gotta, uh, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, I'm glad um, that you know you've, you've taken on this job. Anybody that throws their hat into the ring, uh, especially with social media and what have you, like, it's you have to have a thick skin. And uh, good on you for putting your, your name forward.
1: Well, thanks. And people said, why did you do this? Why are you getting back? I said, well, my med- my medication wore off. That's right. <laughs> Seriously, I just, you know, I love our community. I love helping. And um, just, it's, it's strange. It's kind of in, my, in my, my DNA. My parents were always involved in the community I grew up in, and uh, I love to be part of it. It's, it is it is something that um, is unique, and I just think that we have such a great city, and there's so much opportunity, as I said before, for helping people that need hand up, not necessarily hand out. And for those that um, are just here to enjoy our beautiful four season playground, well, we welcome you and we want to make it uh, uh, an even better place. I said from, from uh, a growing, you know, as a community grows, it it does create some challenges as, as we've seen. So we need to slow the pace to growth down maybe a little bit to take a deep breath and, you know, enjoy and 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 respect what we have. God's created this beautiful city called Kelowna. It's fruitful in unity, and we want to make it even better for all. Well, let's take some of the money from the
0: sign budgets from the last election, <laughs> and maybe put that into traditional media or something. I, I tell you, this year would seem to be so bad for signs, and I know a lot of people spent a tremendous amount of money in it. It just uh, saddens me because, you know, how big your sign is and the font shouldn't exactly, I don't know. I, I don't know if that should get you in the office, but um,
1: yeah. It's funny because people say, oh, I like your sign or the this wasn't big enough. That's, you know, I like that person's sign. And I said, you need to to, to read about the person's platform. However, we've seen the results. It's uh And I've seen it before, my uh, wise esteemed former city councilor, Robert Hobson, I think you'd put out maybe one or two signs and t- come near the top of the, <laughs> the polls, right? So it's uh, it's got some definitely name recognition and credibility comes, comes with that as well. So we'll, but I think you're right. We may have a discussion about sign, sign bylaw in the future. We can maybe set it in certain areas because with, um, I think there's 45 plus candidates, including your school mm-hmm. trustees and mayors. Uh, got to be a little bit, uh, Unpleasant, was it it visual pollution? I think somebody used the word.
0: (laughs) A a tad bit onerous, yes. Um, Thanks again for spending the time. and We'll get you definitely back on the old Rick and Friend show soon.
1: This is fun. Thank you very much. And uh, once again, thank you to all the citizens of Kelowna. We look forward to working together. And please feel free to reach out anytime. I'm always open for your words of wisdom.